0: many suicides going on right now for young people it just crushes my heart to hear those things uh, they're not alone they are loved they are valuable they were made for a purpose you know those are the things that i would speak into those lives uh, of, of of the young folks
1: are you looking for true personal freedom the freedom to design a life you truly desire then you're absolutely in the right place true personal freedom comes from when you take 100% responsibility and control of your money and your mind here you're going to learn ideas tips and wisdom that's going to help you bridge the gap from where you are now to your dream life in the future my name is Randy Wilson and welcome to the rich mind podcast everyone welcome back to the rich mind podcasts today coming to you with a, another fantastic guest i'm super excited about this conversation uh, this gentleman was a part of, or he was a guest actually on a friend of ours or friend of mine uh, their podcast the all in mindset podcast justin dorf and greg young they had uh, mr Jay millar on their podcast about maybe a week or two ago that that episode aired and I listened to that and was blown away. The stories that this gentleman can tell, uh, the passion that he has that comes across, and his message was just super powerful to the point where I reached out to, to Justin and Greg. I said, hey, is there any way you can get me a connection with Jay? I just think that the... The message he brings, uh, like I said, the passion that he has, I think it'll be a very fun conversation. And I hope that you, the listener, will find value in the conversation that we're about ready to have. So as I mentioned, today I have with us Jay Millar. Jay is from Westminster, Colorado. He's actually the author of Be a Hero in Your Home. And I've got a copy of it here. He was gracious enough to send me a copy, which is, it's a fantastic book. The Ultimate Playbook for Men to Succeed at Home, Work in life and we're going to get into some of the details of what that means and some of the impact that he's having with this book. He's a proud army veteran. He served on a nuclear warhead team. He's a first generation college graduate with degrees in physics and he also has his MBA. He's the founder of the My Virtual Dad and Man Enterprises LLC. He's offering resources to men striving for success and their family life. He's also super passionate about giving back and helping others reach their goals and their dreams. And as I mentioned, the conversations that I've heard him uh, be part of, uh, diving into the book that he shared with me, he just comes with a lot of value. And I know he's going to bring it here with this episode today. So Jay, welcome to the show.
0: All right. Thanks, Randy. Happy to be here. Thanks for reaching out. Good to meet you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So as I mentioned more than once, I know I'm super excited about this conversation, but for those that may be just getting to know you here for the first time, can you, I read off a few of the bullet points, the kind of the high level things about yourself. Can you take a few minutes just to fill everybody in some of the gaps, who Jay is and where you are, where you've been, that kind of thing.
0: No, uh, you, you you hit the highlights. I've, I've been happily married 27 plus years. I have three boys, 26, 24, and 22 just trying to shepherd them uh, best I can along their journey in life. And uh, they seem to be getting off to a much quicker start than I did is all I have to say. So I'm very proud of them. I believe in them. Uh, I see big futures, big bright futures for them because um, uh, the, they want to do what it takes to make it happen. So uh, very proud of them. Very proud of my wife. We uh, have lived in Westminster, Colorado. Uh, I'm a, I've got a day job, I call it, in in high-tech sales. I work for Hewlett Packard Enterprise at the moment, and my passion project is uh, mentoring men. I uh, wrote the book that's been on my heart since I was a young. Young man, honestly, that's been on my heart, uh, and we'll get into some of that here later. But uh, so, no, I, I I wrote the book. I do programs for uh, universities and in communities uh, for men trying to be uh, trying to get on their way. I think I think bringing the book, bringing the action, bringing the the lessons to life, and uh, really getting active are the key to success uh, for for young men.
1: So the. Young men portion, part of that is why I think what resonated most with me. I'm almost 50 and I've got a son that is 26. So you having a son, three sons, I have a son and two daughters, all the same age, actually, 26, will be 26, I should say. 26, will be 24, and will be 22. So all in that same age frame. So the idea of giving back to the younger generation uh, and I know you're uh, focusing a lot with uh, the younger male, but at the same time, just that younger generation, it, it's super cool, right? You're keeping your day job. You're doing the things that are necessary, right, to keep things moving. But at the same time, you're stepping out into this passion with giving back to the youngsters as well.
0: Yeah, my 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 plan is uh, in progress. I'm looking to uh, jump tracks. I mean, I could do this all day, every day, mentoring men. I've been part of men's groups for 30 years, led men's groups, mentored um and help them along their journey and in piece part kind of ways, getting a job, tuning their finances. I'm no, I'm not an expert. All I do is curate all this information that's really, really good information into a digestible format, and I just point them to good things. Like most authors, there's no unique ideas in my book. It's just curated and packaged in a way that's very digestible and very
1: actionable. Well, one word that I've heard you, Sue's. Many, many many times and we'll maybe dive into this a little bit later but the word modeling finding folks that are doing things at at a different level or at a higher level yeah. or whatever your your perception of where you are in that moment but modeling and finding folks that can point you guide you right in those directions to to the success that you're actually looking for is is right super cool i hear that a lot with, with the I, if i have a superpower
0: it's i can sit in a room you know it could just be in a a room filled with uh, other youth sports parents. It could be in a business meeting. It could be uh, in a neighborhood event. Uh, if I have one superpower, uh, I have a couple, but that's one. I can look around the room and say, who do I want to be like? You know, i would encourage that's what I encourage my boys to do, is look around and say, do who do you, you want to be like? Now, we all know that there's facades out there and not every, you know, you can't judge every book by its cover. And sometimes I've found some lemons. But if you see somebody that you really like, maybe you, you, and usually it's it's very visceral, right? You see how they carry themselves, you see how they handle a situation. You're like, wow, they they did a pretty good job in that, right? Maybe they're leading somebody, maybe they just helped somebody out in a way that that impact that that made an impact on you. As I said, just just say, hey, you know, I'd like to go grab a cup of coffee, and. Um, just just say, you know, what I saw was pretty interesting, you know, tell me more about that. And it's really not a deep conversation, but it's just like, tell me more about that, you know, and and that just opens up many doors, many avenues, and uh, we'll get into it here in a moment about why, why I wrote the book and and some of the influences, but that'd be my encouragement to a lot of folks is see who you want to be like and uh, see who's around you and then then just talk to them and have a conversation. It's pretty simple. It.
1: It's beautiful, though, because that's almost exactly how we've got to know each other right in this relatively short period of time is that I I heard you, I heard your message. it I totally believe in it, resonated with it. And I just reached out, right? I took action. I reached out. I started making you know, connections with folks that I knew, a way to try to get hold of you. Lo and behold, now we're here on this call today. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? And who knows where that's going to lead in the future. But that's kind of the, the point as far as, you know, having the idea, uh, seeing the mentors or the potential mentors, but then not being afraid to step into asking them questions. It doesn't have to be super deep, super anything, right? It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be anything. Just, hey, what do you know about so-and-so? What do you know about such-and-such? And just have the conversation, right? Look to give. Back and forth, just a conversation. Yeah, that's super important for sure. Yeah, that's super cool. Well, that's where, as I've mentioned, this is gonna be a very fun conversation. I look forward to diving in a lot further with you. But first off, let's jump into the three questions. Anybody that's familiar with the Rich Mind podcast, I've got three questions I like to ask my guests. And and these questions have uh, really spurred a lot of great conversations even coming out of them. The questions or the answers that I get from them are are fantastic, right? So let's start off with number one. And that first question is who has been the biggest influence on your life, Jay?
0: Yeah. And I've been holding off because I knew the questions and we could have gotten (laughs) into it about uh, three minutes ago or four minutes ago, but, uh, I have a, I have a twofold answer. It's It's really interesting that you ask that. I mean, I think the biggest influence on my life has been my older brother, my older brother, Dean, he's, he's been awesome. I mean, especially when we were young in our formative years, he coached and guided me. I mean, examples, right. He helped me get my first, uh, buy my first car. Right. He was kind of the bank for me. Right. It was, um, it was uh, a 1975 Audi Fox. It was a terrible first car. It had so much maintenance <laughs> to do, but I think it was, if my memory is right, it was like $1,500. And uh, he was the bank, and I had to pay him, you know, $100 a month. And he treated, you know, he taught me, okay, the discipline of tracking and, you know, sticking to your word. And so I had to pay him back, um, and he helped me out with that. So he helped me with a lot of things, just guiding me. He's four years older than me. You know he's he's just been uh, I, I'm I'm blessed to have a brother. If I didn't have the brother I have, I could I could be on such a different path. So he 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 really looked out for me. But I think the biggest influence on my life, the biggest thing that that changed my life, and now we're getting back to the book of uh, be a hero in your home. And I'm going to say a lot of stuff. Anybody can find beaheroinyourhome.com is where you can find information. It's pretty easy to find, and uh, you can contact me there as well. But uh, when I was about 22. So I'd been on the new core head team. I had to get the GI Bill to uh, be able to self-fund college. So I was only in a little over two years. So eight, so I think 19, 18 and 19, I'm in, in the army and then 20 through 24, I'm in college. And I was about 22, went to the University of Colorado, best football days at the University of Colorado. And we had, a, we had an arch enemy. Well, Nebraska was, but we also had Notre Dame and Lou Holtz mm-hmm. was a head football coach at Notre Dame at the time. And this is before YouTube. This is, I still can't find this quote. I've, I've looked for it. I'm, I'm going to someday it'll, it'll pop up somewhere, but I walk by the TV and I hear him say this, and he's talking about how he's talking to recruits and he talks to, you know, kids that he's mentoring and leading and guiding. He says, there's only three things that will change you from where you're at today to where you're going to be five years from now. And it's the people you meet, the books you read and the dreams you dream. And I know he borrowed that from another motivational speaker in the 60s, Charlie Charlie Tremendous Jones. And I think he added what Charlie Jones said, the books you read and the people you meet are the the main things that will change your life. But I internalized that because I was really mad at my dad. So I grew up in a home with domestic violence and alcoholism. We didn't even cover that yet. So that's why my brother was such a big, uh, big factor in my life, because I didn't have a dad, and we had we had things. I I, I was never physically harmed myself. Uh, my father passed twenty six years ago. We we had the best relationship we ever had. We were at peace. There was forgiveness, you know, but uh, during that time of growing up, it was, it was not for the faint of heart, especially for, you know, a young, young boy, you know, <laughs> zero to 10. I think my dad was an alcoholic the my, my entire life. I think when I was born, he was an alcoholic. So I never really knew a good father. And so I didn't have a father speaking into my life. And when I'm, you know, I joined the army without talking to anybody. I just did it, Randy. I mean, I didn't have an advisor. I didn't, hey, hey dad, you know. You think this is a good idea? Hey, you know, mom, I didn't, I didn't I didn't, talk to any friends. I just did it. And that struck me as really, really odd. Like, hey, here is a major. And it's one of the best life decisions I ever made. And thank goodness it went in the right direction, right? Because I'm like, here I am. I'm making these major decisions. You know, I'm, I, had, I had a step grandfather who was a wonderful man. He's passed as well. He helped me with some dreams and some visions of going to college, uh, which was new for our family. We didn't have that. Um, So I was dreaming bigger. And when I heard Lou Holt say that, I was was, was mad at my dad. I'm like, look, I'm trying to get through these things. I'd I'd love to talk to somebody. How can I get through college? How can I start to, you know, find a way to begin to build a career plan? Right. You know, how can I earn money? And I was like, I was just mad. Like, I don't have anybody to talk to. I mean, my brother was there and, and he's he's so good. But I was like, where's my dad? And I was really angry. Like, where the heck are you? Come on. You know, am I going to have to do this whole life thing just by myself? And when I, and so boom, that's when I hear the Lou Holtz quote, the books you read, the people you meet and the dreams you dream. And I internalized that what that did for me, Randy, is it put me in action. I was like, okay, my dad's not showing up and I got a great brother, but I've also got other great resources. So we talked about our cups of coffee, my, uh, a superpower of seeing who do you want to be like that, that drove me to that action right there to say, Okay. I've got to go intention. I've got to be intentional, and I've got to take action. I've got to go find good mentors. And I, at the beginning, I kind of made a mistake, Randy. I thought I'd have like one mentor, like one Yoda, you know, one one person just to give me all the answers. And what I found was I've got a whole team of advisors. You know, maybe maybe a friend is good. I've got a friend who's really good at like building nonprofit boards, and he started schools and organizations and run them. He's really good at that, you know, I'm building my nonprofit, so I'm going to him for advice, you know, somebody that's, that's good at, uh you know, maybe taking care of their, their body, right, you know, just, just health wise, you know, good, you know, just just like the all in mindset, right, <laughs> with, with Justin and, and Greg, you know, hey, how can I get better at that? So I found this, I've got advisors in different areas of my life. And I really go seek them out, and I, I, I get advice uh, from them in that way. So. I think Lou Holtz and that quote, even though Lou Holtz didn't invent it, he's the one that introduced it to me. So I give him credit and um, it really put me into action. So that was the foundation uh, for my life, you know, from the early twenties on of, I got to get out there. I can't, it's just not going to fall in my lap. I can't be passive because one of my biggest sin that I make is I'm during critical times, I've been passive and I've got to be a man of action. I still make that mistake today. So there's some times when I should lean in, and I'm like, no, nah, this will kind of blow over. And it doesn't. And I was like, man, I should have taken action right then. So it's art and science blended together. But uh, Lou Holtz is uh, the biggest influence.
1: Yeah, that's that's fantastic. So the idea of the the mentorship, I'm a seeker of mentors myself. I always thought that it was going to be like a one-on-one, like you were talking about, somebody like really close to me that would be that for me. But as I've evolved in my personal development journey, yeah, you're right. You've got it, Like, Like you called it, advisors, right? You've got different advisors for different, but they're virtual. That's the beauty of the the world we live in today is that you literally can find mentors that may not, may or may not be one on one directly with you, but at the same time you can pull that wisdom from from them, right? Their experiences and then start to apply, start to take action. That passivity, that's it's tough. It's tough, right? Because it feels good to just kind of let it ride, right? Just let it go. Let it ride. It feels good at the moment. But at at the end of the day, a lot of times you're right. That doesn't necessarily get you the results that you're looking for. And it's always hard. I have those moments as well. You're standing right in front of a decision moment and you're like, okay, do I or don't I? Do I or don't I? What would so and so think? What would so? And And then it's like, okay, you just have to lean into it. Like you said, I love how you said that. You just have to lean into it for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of, one of the things I learned and I've, I've done a lot of, so I, yeah, I've been on the personal development journey since, then since, since I knew I had to be a man of action. But one of the things I've done some uh, counseling and growing up in a home with an alcoholic, I learned that it's a common trait, you know, cause you'd walk in the house and you're like, what kind of dad am I going to walk into? Uh, so you would just walk on eggshells and like not want to rock the boat. So that passivity is kind of learned, like you put your head down and you just hope nothing happens because you don't have control over it. So that's a common trait for people that grow up in in environments where there's uh, substance abuse, to be a people pleaser, just say, make sure everything's okay. I'm not going to rock the boat. And so you learn things like that along the way that I guess the reason I say that is it helped let myself off the mat because I was really brutal on myself. I was not very forgiving. I was like, Jay, there's these two or three critical things. Where you, you just, you didn't step up. And I was really mad at myself. And I was like, you know what, you just got to, you just got to forgive yourself a little bit. Self-forgiveness is so much harder than forgiving other people in my mind. But uh, go easy on yourself if, if you do have that, uh, those traits and uh, keep learning along the way.
1: We talked about a couple of times, we're going to dive in a little more about the the meat of the matter with, with your book and things, but just to kind of put this in your mind too, as far as the ability for us to kind of collaborate together, as far as the idea that my father, you mentioned in your book, there was different levels of father. you mentioned a couple of times that your father was, was an alcoholic and just a, a struggling with that. My dad was the, it was never good enough. It was sports and I was always trying to live up to his expectations in sports. And I never got there until uh, my story was until my senior year, I finally had that breaking moment where I realized I wasn't going to live, ever live up to his expectations. So that 18, 19 year time frame, like you're talking about. And I snapped, I, I just, I almost joined the Marines. It's like, you said, you joined the army. I was multiple conversations into uh, the Marine recruiter to joining the Marines. Cause I didn't know what to do. I had no idea. I had nobody to talk to uh, the person i felt that I trusted forever and ever and ever. It felt like at the moment that he was just not the person to go to. So that was very tough. My point being with saying that is I, I get that, that moment, those moments of looking for those mentors, trying to figure out exactly where to go, how to navigate those tough moments in life. I know is exactly where you're at today with trying to give back through this book and through your coachings and your teachings and all that kind of thing as well. So I just wanted to point out that that was, Similar in our stories as well, in that that early time frame,
0: I, in some way, I mean, when I was twenty two, I thought I thought I had the worst life, and not, not that 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 came off too strong. I thought I had a really tragic story. And let me put it this way. Today, I think my story's nothing. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think we've all got messes, and that's what mm-hmm. I talk about in like the first third of the book is we're all messy, you're not alone. You can get through this, right? Um, nobody's got a perfect life In social media world today, it's like stop comparing your imperfect life to the perfect life that you see on social media. In my day, there was no social media, so it was more taboo. We didn't talk about alcoholism. we didn't talk about mental health. We didn't talk about abuse. It was silent. And uh, I'm glad we've got some of those those topics on the table these days. but um, you know there are I, I have a friend uh, who he's made it to the NFL. Randy, you talk about not being enough. His father has never gone to see him play. It's wow. just not enough for whatever odd reason. I topped out athletically at junior varsity. Actually, that's not true. I got a couple of varsity letters, but my uh, my my boy's nickname for me is JV, uh, since that's where I <laughs> topped out athletically. <laughs> they even have a hand signal. You got to do it with your left hand. and that's a, JV. I love so, that they they might be that's monogrammed awesome. golf balls with JV on it. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I say that my, my kids are very talented athletically. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, you can have those different kinds of father, the the father, you can never meet their standards. The father that's, that, uh, the, 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 that was abusive and angry. You can just have a loving father, but they're super passive, right? Hey, you know, my job, and this is more dating back in time, but, um, you know, my job's just to, uh, provide and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do much else beyond that right you can all these different types of fathers the point is we all got one we all should try to have a relationship with them but it it doesn't always work out and you're not alone and it's okay i love that i love that
1: so let's move into the second question i'm curious what's going to come out with this one or the next two for sure so what has been the biggest challenge in your life and what have you learned from it jay
0: well, I, I mean, I think we've already touched, yeah, we've already I covered a biggest lot. Biggest I know. I'm curious if the there's anything new. And the biggest challenge is, you know, trying to, uh, trying to put together a, uh, you know, back, back then, I do use the word virtual. So I have an organization called My Virtual Dad, and the reason I, I did is based on that Lou Holtz quote. I didn't use those words back when I heard that quote, you know, back in the late 80s, uh, early 90s. Uh, I used the word tapestry for some, for some reason. I don't use the word tapestry. I can put together a tapestry of advisors. So just overcoming that and finding a path. At the, the metaphor I think of is I felt like I was in a rainforest, just thick with foliage and 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 branches and leaves. and And I couldn't see more than two steps ahead of me. And it just really frustrated me. I'm just chopping it down using an extraordinary amount of energy, uh, because I can't see where I'm going. I don't know what the next step is. And that's how I start off the book is, um, uh, you know, for those who get it, I just encourage you to read the first three pages and it all starts off with my terrible proposal to my wife. Uh, she said, yes, and then she said, are you ready for this? More of a retort. Are you ready for this? And she wanted me to go, heck yeah. Um, let's go make a great life. And I, man, Randy, that just hit me at that moment. I'm like, I, I felt bad for her. And I, wo- I wounded her inadvertently in this because I paused. It, it, men, if you're proposing and they say, are you ready for this? Don't pause. Uh, she thought I was doubting her. And all, all, all my doubt was self-doubt. The, the doubt was coming from inside. I was like, you, I love you. You're the you're the biggest, uh, you know, supporter of me. You're the best relationship. You're the, the 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 relationship I need the most in my life and the most important relationship. I don't want to hurt you, but I think I'm going to hurt you. And here's why. I don't know what a good relationship looks like. I don't know how to build a career. I don't know how to run my finances. My parents had filed for bankruptcy multiple times. You know, I don't know how to build a group of friends. That's that's one thing that makes me saddest about my my dad was he didn't have any friends. He was isolated. He was just trying to do this journey on his own, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do self-care. I didn't know. I didn't have this this map. And that's why I named the book, Be a Hero in Your Home, because I was trained to run and I was trained to launch a nuclear weapon. I had a degree in physics. I was a trained software engineer. I was a terrible software engineer and I'm in sales. So that, that tells you my software talent. I was like, I was trained in all these other areas of life, but I don't have any training to be successful inside my own four walls. So that's, that's the basis of the book. The first third is just to say, we're all messy and it's cruddy. It's cruddy that we're all messy, but that's the reality. But as, as you've learned in your self-development journey, and I think I attribute this to Tony Robbins, somebody else probably said it, you know, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. Right. So all these things, you know, now I'm super grateful. I mean, I would love a relationship with my dad, but if I didn't have the dad I, I had, I wouldn't be the man I am. I wouldn't love and adore my wife. I wouldn't be so committed and passionate to helping other men. You know, I wouldn't be on the journey that I am. Uh, I'd be on a different journey. But so I'm grateful for it because now it's part of me and it's 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 what I want to uh, overcome and it's what I want to give back to the world.
1: So it becomes part of your story of who you were in the past. And, and yeah, same here. I The only regrets I have is, is I wish that we could have been closer, my dad and I. My dad has passed. He's been gone now since 2016. And I wish we could go back to those early teens late 20 or late teens early 20s and just have some conversations i wish i could have pulled more nuggets of wisdom out of him i knew he had them or i think he had them but i was always afraid to to dig in uh because of that always feeling vulnerable to whatever backlash if I wasn't good enough or I need to do this and you should do that. And it's like, why aren't you doing it? I mean, those are the things I would get pounded with every time I'd even try to approach him with a question to the point where that passivity, you mentioned that at the beginning, I just was very passive in our relationship, but that has, like you said, towards the end, that has molded me to who I am today. I tried to not be that way with my kids. I try to be almost very transparent, right? I I try not to hold back any lies. I try not to hold back any truths, anything I've ever done. I try to love them passionately, but give them enough grace to understand that they're gonna. It's messy for them too, and they're all trying to figure it out. Anyway, so yeah, that that whole past molded us to who we are today, and it's uh, some of yeah. it is unfortunate, but at the same time, it's 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 good at the same time.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm like you. I'm just sad. I wish I had a relate. everybody should, everybody wants a relationship with their father at some level. And not everything's a daddy issue. I mean, but it's, it's a core, it's a core element of, of our formative years for sure. So um, yeah, I'm just sad. Uh, I love him. I love my mom. Um, Always would love closer relationship and and more relationship uh, with, you know, with, with my dad for sure. I
1: get it. I, I totally, totally feel the same way. So let's move on to the third question. And and once again, we've already covered a lot in just a few minutes here that we've been together, which is why I knew this was going to be a super powerful conversation. But you've referenced a few times about being in that 18, 19, 20-year-old-ish life Mm -hmm. frame and not necessarily having any idea which direction to go, who to talk to, which is where this question came from, because this is a passion question for myself. I always try to give back as much as I possibly can. But if you could go back to that same time frame, knowing what you know now, to those out there that might be listening, that might be kind of muddling through the same messy life that we're dealing with, is there a nugget of wisdom that you wish you would have known then that that you've discovered today? I, I think the first thing I would share, and
0: and and Randy, that's the entire basis for the book. The book is a letter to myself. It's like a letter to my 25 year old self. And as I was writing it, actually, I started writing it when I was around 50. I'm I just turned 56 uh, not long ago. Uh, it, it took a while to, um, uh, to, to get it out. I was very cathartic to get it out, but I was like, okay, if I wrote this to my 20 year old self, what would I write? And then I was like, darn, I got a 20 year old myself. I can write it to him. And then I was mentoring other men who were in their twenties. I'm like, man, I'm writing this to, to everybody. Um, so I had like that. I mean, that's the ideal, that the ideal target is you're in your 20s Again, you might have a loving, loving dad. You might have a great relationship, but he might not be able to pour in some wisdom to you. You know, I'm not teaching you how to change a flat tire or tie a tie. I mean, there's 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 really cool people out on YouTube and stuff yeah. that do that, and I, I love those guys. <laughs> I love those guys. Think of this as a couple levels deep. And if I could go back, the first thing I tell myself, and it's the first lesson I learned, was it, it was I was like in my uh, mid. They're like 43 ish, um, and I I learned that I'm not alone. I I was in this I was at this leadership event with a group of guys, and there's like 20 of us, and the facilitator asked it, and this story's in the book as well. We all went around and kind of told our intro story, and then he he saw a pattern. He goes, raise your hand if you've been negatively impacted by alcohol in your in your family life, and like 80% of us raised our hand, and as silly as it is, Randy, at that moment, I just, it just lifted the weight of the world off my shoulders. I'm like, I'm not alone. So I felt like this backpack was just set off to the side, finally. And I've been on this personal, I told you, I heard the the Lou Holtz quote when I was like 22. So here, fast forward 21 years, I'm still working on it, right? And so the biggest thing is you're not alone. And I think for the, my children's generation and your children's current generation, um, there's a lot of anxiety over, you know, um, do you know, what's the next step? Do I have it figured out? Am I different? Right? Am I socially accepted? All those things. And it's it's okay. Embrace your story. That's the first lesson. And then I'm going to expand on that, Randy, but let me pause if you have any questions or comments there. No, please. Yeah. So you're You're nailing it. So please. then then I thought, uh, uh, then I put myself in my father's shoes and I said, if uh, uh, I kind of reverse rolled, I said, if I were my father's father, so pretend, you know, what would I wish for my dad when he was in his twenties and thirties, when he was going through the alcoholism? And I still don't know why my grandparents were not, um, didn't seem to have an affinity toward alcohol. My grandmother, she suffered with mental ailments. I don't think they're diagnosed like they were. She was in and out of mental hospitals. It could have been depression. It could have been something more uh, like bipolar. It could have been some, she was in and out. So my dad had the crazy mom, you know, again, this is when it's taboo. You didn't talk about it. My dad just had a crazy mom. So I don't know why my father self-medicated, but I was like, if I could go back and talk to my dad, what would, what would the things that I I would give, you know, wish for him. One, I wish he'd have been nice to my mom and been a loving husband. And I think he actually was a good dude. I think he was just a mean drunk. Whenever he got alcohol in him, his personality got mean. And that's unfortunate. And he was always drunk. So that's why he was uh, abusive. But I would, I'd I'd help him build a career. Um, I'd, I'd help, you know, I'd help him figure out how to run, run and manage his finance. We were always, I never had to worry about the, where the next meal was coming from, so I don't want to be too too dramatic, Randy. But it was it was always stressful, especially after the divorce. Where's money coming from? What are we doing? I remember my mom trying to get to work one day and she didn't have enough gas in the car. We're uh, all all his kids scurry around the house, literally digging through the couch cushions, looking for change. Looking in our piggy banks, looking, you know, wherever we might just drop and and we filled a sock with money and she made it to the gas station, put in enough gas and made it to work that day. What happens after that? I mean, that's I don't know, but that's kind of the the existence that we were we living in. So I teach him how to manage money. I teach him. I'd, again, I told you one of the most things that makes me the most sad is he didn't have friends. I mean, life's life's hard. Life's brutally hard if you don't have a friend Life's, and if you don't have a guide. And that's why I'm so intentional about trying to help, you know, men who, who are trying to fill a gap with their fathers. And actually, I'm even helping fathers who might have like teenagers or early 20 somethings. And they're like, man, I haven't poured into my child yet. And so uh, Be a Hero in Your Home is kind of a guide for them. And they can read it with father and son, read it together. And I think it opens up just a wonderful Conversation about how to build a successful life inside the house, right? So, I mean, those are the things, and those are those are each of the chapters. I think the last two thirds of the book is is chapters of the things I wished my dad had had known. Uh, my dad had been able to execute, and it's around all those elements: friends, finance, work, career, prioritizing uh, your your family, and and things like that.
1: So that part of your answer resonated with me as well. And I, and I don't, I haven't shared this with the many folks at all. Just my closest family would even know this, but my grandmother, so my father's mother suffered from mental illness uh, severely. She was in and out of mental hospitals my entire life. Uh, so I know that that was, I'm sure tough for my dad as well, uh, but I never had the ability or I never had the confidence to even dive into those kinds of questions as, as well. So the point being so far, kind of encapsulate is that it's all messy for all of us, meaning that what we feel or perceive as our problems, we're all similarly going through similar things. And if if we can get a little guidance, a little nudge of encouragement, a little support where that can lead to going in the future is, can be so powerful. So in your book, the back page here, it talks about that you explore 10 crucial lessons for launching and sustaining successful life, which is basically the chapters in the book go into the different categories or the different things that you're talking about, how you're writing this to your 20-year-old self or now into your 20-year-old children. Can you go into any of those 10 lessons? We've kind of uh, briefly talked about a few of those, but some of the uh, more impactful ones that were for you or even for your kids. Are Are you seeing that? So it's like kids these age, I'm dealing with my children as well. I'm trying to guide them with what's going on in the world today. And it's, it's changing so fast and so rapidly that it can be a little overwhelming. It can be overwhelming for all of us. So is there anything within those 10 lessons that uh, you're really sharing uh, with your, your, your kids, or even the people that you're in contact with mostly? Yeah. I'll, I'll
0: talk about three things. One, if I'm talking to 20 somethings and like, you know, maybe they're lightly dating as an example, they're like, Hey Jay, you know, I don't even have a home yet. Right. I just graduated. I got my first job and um You know, I don't think I really need that. My my, I get very passionate at that moment. I'm like, look, you know, to get into college, you didn't start thinking about college the day you started college, right? You started thinking about it probably when you were 12. I do it. I do this with. I did a a a course with the United States Air Force Academy with a group of cadets, and they were they were athletes. They were the uh, the seniors on the uh, the hockey team, which is a Division One level team. I said, you didn't. You know, you started working on this journey when you were like 12, you you were working on your athletics, you were working on your academics, you were trying to find the next step, you know, you had a plan, you you executed that. And I said, okay, if you're 20, just make up a date, 24, and you're not dating yet, but okay, you you will get married at some point in time. Let's start planning for it now. Let's not wait for the day that you enroll in college or the day that you propose, because that's exactly why I start off the book with my cruddy proposal story. Right. So number one is plan today, right? Even if you're not, even if you're not really at that step, at that threshold, plan today. That's number one. Number two, with uh family, I, I call that chapter family. And I do go through dating and I do go through, you know, having kids. It's a big topic that you can't cover all the details on, but if you're dating, uh, th- and this was feedback from the cadets at the Air Force Academy, uh, my my thing was, I said, this is countercultural, you're not going to like what I have to say, Don't live with your girlfriend before you commit, before you're ready to get married. Don't do the try and buy, and I, I point to statistics, they're dramatically lower in chances of relationship success if you live together. And there's a book by Dr. Meg J uh, called The Defining Decade. It's about uh, uh, 20. She's a psychologist and she, 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 she helped a number of 20 somethings. And, and she says the same thing don't start cold, keep working, keep progressing, keep doing personal development. But when uh, the, the topic of living together, she says she calls it sliding, but not deciding. She goes, you gotta, you know, and this is that passivity thing that we talked about, Randy, right? Don't mm-hmm. just be passive and say, Oh, well, you know, it's just the easiest thing to do. We'll save a few bucks on rent. She says, you've got to decide. Is this, you know, and 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 she calls BS on the don't say, well, I want to see, you know, what they're like to live with. That's baloney. You you travel together, you you've been together, you've been around each other's families, you can see how a person reacts. Are you gonna get everything? No. But you're going to get a really good idea of what kind of person they are so don't live with your your girlfriend before you commit is number one and number two uh after you have kids i say prioritize your wife over your children and they look at me and they're just like that just doesn't make sense you know kids are the most important thing in the world and i was like well think about it think about me and you randy right our, our kids are essentially gone we're essentially empty nesters they come back visit, maybe summers in college, you know, but if if you don't think that you're the most important relationship, and if you think you're deprioritized next to your children, that's a deep wound. It's just like our father wound, right? Of, hey, I'm not important enough. I thought, why did my dad want beer and not want to be with me? I didn't think I was the greatest kid in the world, but I thought I was a cool kid. I thought I was a little funny. I thought I could tell some, you know, uh, be a good guy to be around. If that's like with that with your spouse, then all of a sudden that that wound opens up again and you're like, man, I'm being deprioritized just like I was with a with a parent. Right. And that hurts. So if you have a great you know, if my, my if my dad had loved my mom, me and my siblings would have flourished because we'd have been in safe environment. We could have gone out and explored and tried and failed and just like you said, had grace and truth, right? We would have gotten grace and truth from our parents. Like, hey man, you made a mistake. We all make mistakes. It's okay, you're gonna be okay, but giving you some truth along the way too, right? So yeah, those are the two things about the uh, family. Uh, you know, Pre-family don't live and and make sure you're making the right commitment and you know prioritize your, your wife uh, and spouse over your uh, children.
1: So that last comment about the spouse over <clears throat> the children, uh, is spurring a question in my mind. I'm just curious. This is almost just like one-on-one It's just you and me talking, yeah. Jay, where yeah. no one else is listening to us, but I'm just curious what yeah. you think, because this was kind of an epiphany mm-hmm. for me. As I, as we started to become empty nesters, I started to realize how important it was the effort that that my wife and I gave to each other leading up until that moment. I always wondered growing up, why couples that were married for, because we're, we're 27, you said 27 years for yourself, yeah. we're 27 years as well this coming September here in another couple of weeks. uh, You would see couples that would split apart as the kids started leaving the house, right? You'd be married 15, maybe even 20 years. And all of a sudden that's the drifting away. My experience is that when you get that separation from the kids and you're back home one-on-one with that, Intimate relationship. If you haven't built that foundation up to that point, it can easily start to divert to the point where it, you just start to drift away. W- would you agree with that thought? That, that I, was just almost like I, an internal thought to myself that I've realized. I, I couldn't agree more. And it's a, it's a complex topic, right? You
0: you invest so much. My kids played uh, hockey and 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 baseball and were just deep into the athletic stuff. And you you expend an extraordinary amount of time doing that. And one of the actions that uh, that I point out in the book, it's uh, it's something that we had a gift. We had a pediatrician who actually wrote a book called Baby Wise, and it's about prioritizing your marriage over the kids. And and here's the concept: when they're little little kids, uh, they called it couch time. And uh, nowadays we've got virtual jobs where we work at home a lot. But they, you know, if the kids are let's say they're three, and I would I'd roll up in the driveway and. Because I did used to go to an office and I'd roll up and it could say, Dad's home, dad's home. You know, I'd hug them, love them, say, you know, hey, great. But then I'd say, Hey, wait, 15 minutes. You guys keep playing here. And I need to talk to mom. I need I need to connect with mom. We need to see how the day's going. We need to talk. We need to we need to reconnect. And that's just a way to model back to that word modeling, right? We we needed to model that, hey, mom and dad are important. Doesn't mean you don't love your kids, doesn't mean you don't play with them, but you just You just begin to model that so that they say, oh, yeah, yeah, mom and dad need some time. And, uh, you know, you do that with date nights, the way we fit it in with youth sports, because it was so crazy. (laughs) You know, Saturday morning, dropping them off before a game, you know, how they have to get there like an hour early and warm up and be with their team. Those were our date nights. Right. We'd go to Starbucks and we just sit and talk. You know we didn't have to watch the kids they'd be with their coaches and their teammates and doing what they do that wasn't a date night we weren't going and getting wine and having to get a babysitter that was our lightweight intentional time so you got to be creative about how you do it but yeah if you don't build that foundation i think there's a lot of hollowness and um in a relationship to say am i really a priority Uh, you know was it me or was it the kids and And I think you can do that early on in marriage, again, with couch time, and you can just model that with with some intentional time along the way. It's not easy, but uh, it's important.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's not easy, but the intentionality of it early, as early as you possibly can, right? So say you're listening to this today and you're multiple years into a relationship, yet starting now, starting the intentionality of it today could lead to many more positive dividends down the road right for you your family your 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 right. relationships all of that so I appreciate you going there that was that wasn't scripted I was just curious you' were, you're were mentioning about that relationship I was just curious what your thought a, a fellow 27 year uh marriage is uh I knew you had some wisdom there well here's why I'm
0: so passionate about I mean what the divorce rate is 40 to 50 percent and that seems undeniable uh based on every statistic you have and I can't quote the source of this but I I do believe and I have research that they say of the other you know 50 percent of relationships about two-thirds of them are very passive just very they're just it's more of a convenience thing and that that hurts my heart too again if i could wish one thing is that my dad loved my mom and took good care of her right um so i think even if you have a good relationship the the, the good news is there's hope you know just just sit down and and talk and 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 i the last thing so uh, that i that i share with my boys that i think is the most important uh, most important thing for them is find a few friends that you can be truly authentic with that you can tell everything to and for me i do have that with my spouse but you also need uh, men to have those conversations with each other as well and that authenticity and, I, and I, I, I do a pie chart in the book, and I think I say 90-10. It should probably be like 97% of the time. Just be your normal self. Go out and show the world your confident self. Hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick butt and take names, and I'm going to do a good job at work, and, you know, I'm going to be a good neighbor, you know, all that stuff. But 3% of the time, we need to get off the treadmill of life. We need to, you know, if we're with our buddies, whatever we like talking about—music, sports, politics, whatever. Stop talking about that and just say, "How you doing? Hmm. Are you doing okay?" Right? You know. And so that—that's part of my uh, programs, like I did with the Air Force Academy. I'm keeping this group of guys together for three years, and the intention of that is we did like eight to ten, eight to ten hours of uh, core teaching. Uh, of these concepts. How can you build a career? How can you build your finances? How can you build your new locker room is what I call it with athletes, build your new locker room. But then every six months, we're going to check in and talk about how you doing, right? You know, what's your biggest stress? And sadly, and, there, and the reason I'm going after men is men are in danger, the suicide rates, the death rates, you know, the poverty rates, the uh, education is the baffling one to me in 1970, 60% of college students were men. 50 years later, 60% of college students are women. It should be 50-50. And men are men are going down The, the and, and people say, well, why do you have programs for men, Jay? And by the way, the entire book would be perfectly applicable to women. It's, it's good nutrition for women. The reason I chose men is because of the program that's behind it I sit in a group of 10 men and we're authentic. Like man, I when I was when I was getting married, I didn't have anything figured out. I felt so scared. I I screwed up. And to say that man to man is easy. I couldn't carry that conversation in a group of 10 gals, Randy. It, it it just wouldn't be, right? I I can do mixed groups and I'm looking for a partner uh, to do some of these programs for um, for like groups of women, because I think it'd be it, it, all the lessons are good nutrition. There's nothing that anybody I think would debate on those. But, um, you know, find those friends where you can just say, you know what, I'm scared. I'm angry. You know, I'm, I I didn't. Other than my brother, I'm really I'm really angry at my dad. You know, here's why he didn't show up. He didn't do this. You know, I'm, I feel alone. I'm in the rainforest, <laughs> you know, we all need people like that in our life and i think that connection is the antidote for depression and isolation and all these things just so that you know you're not walking alone that you're shoulder to shoulder with somebody uh no no better feeling than that in life
1: 100 percent. so that's where you're spearheading this this vision right casting the net trying to <clears throat> capture as many people as you possibly can so go into a little bit more detail about the my virtual dad uh, we've been talking a lot about the book. Is that more of the when you're getting groups together? I just have questions about that. Can you go in a little bit more detail? What the my virtual dad is? Yeah, is that it's it's it? a
0: good thing. So my 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 overall uh, entity is called Confident Man Enterprises, and that's just that's just kind of the overall. And then I've got I've got the Be a Hero in Your Home, you know, the book and 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 what's going on with that. I originally launched some courses through my virtual dad and, and there, and I, I've got some courses up there right now, confident man, camp things like that. I'm going through a little rebranding, to be honest with you. It, it might all fall under the be a hero in your home, because that's the outcome that we're looking for. We're looking for confidence. We're looking for connection and we're looking for safety and figuring out how to be successful inside your own four walls. But under the, my virtual dad umbrella, I've, I do, I do pre-marriage classes. You know, that's, that's a fun one. People that are, it's, it's a guys only, again, that vulnerability of, you know, getting married. Uh, I have, I have a, my middle son's engaged right now. Uh, we, we love his fiance and her entire family. And there's so much focus put on the bride and that being a day and, you know, going through that. And I'm trying to bring attention to the guy in that again, based on my initial story of not just knowing what the heck I'm doing as a, as a leader of my future family, I wanna be able to model that. So we go over the four things in this pre-marriage class. Uh, and this is through my virtual dad. Uh, and these statistics are, if you can align around these four things, you're gonna you're gonna wildly increase your chances of success in marriage and that's finances. That's the most stressful thing in any home. And it was in my home and it, uh, it is in many homes. So figure out your financial plan and can you get on the same page? Second is children. Do you want children? how do you, how do you want to have children when do you want to have children right do you want to be married a few years and then start you know what are are you comfortable adopting i mean those are deeper conversations but you just directionally you got to say are we in on the family and what we want to build together the third is family but it's extended family it's the crazies right can we deal with in-laws i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of things like the baggage i brought into my marriage my wife had to deal with it right there's codependencies there's there's, there's terrible things. There's, there's, there's illnesses and deaths and molestations and, you know, all this cruddy stuff, but can you align around, can we deal with that? Can we help each other? Are we going to fracture? You know, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of guys have a really it's it's a codependent relationship with their mom and they're they're struggling leaving that relationship and cleaving to their to their new wife and boy that's stressful so you got to be a team you got to agree that you're a team that's the third thing and the fourth thing is faith i call it believing in something bigger than yourself right are you all in uh on something on a direction i mean mine's christianity but not everybody has to do that, right? I'll talk about it all day every day of what I believe and why I believe. That's chapter 5 in the book. I'm very happy to to talk about that, but I have a lot of I've have, I've have friends who uh do not have faith, but they are um they're really good people. I talk to them about my faith, but it's their decision at the end of the day. You know, all other faiths as well. Or maybe maybe you believe in in animals and you want to give back, you know, and take care of uh you know, uh, other other things that are that are bigger than you. But the, the point is you got to believe in something bigger than yourself. So finances, your own family, your extended family and faith, if you can align around those. So that's my uh, pre-marriage class for guys only uh, that I do through my virtual dad that brings me a lot of joy and a
1: lot of passion. I can 100% back you on all of those. So my dad, one of the best things my dad ever did ever leave me, right? So I was always trying to find wisdom for my dad. But one thing he did leave me was that he actually used three. He didn't use the fourth, but he was always saying that when you find your spouse or find your, whoever you're going to be with money, the kids and the family, meaning the, the extended family. He told me that from the beginning, he said, you need to make sure that you are 100% on board with those three things. And if you are, your chances of success will be high. If not, you need to go to work and figure out where you can come to a compromise with those three things. Those are the things he shared with me. So I, I, and I contribute that to my success with my wife because we did, we had those tough conversations in our early twenties before we ventured into the marriage and the kids and then all the stuff that comes along with all of that. And I've also tried to share that with my family as well. So I appreciate you sharing it. And it's a, it sounds like a huge passion for yourself.
0: Yeah. I mean, and and again, that vulnerability for the guys only, I also encourage couples to do pre-marriage uh, classes together. I mean, that. It, it it facilitates that conversation together about, you know, your beliefs and where there might be gaps. I mean, my wife and I took when I got married, I grew up Catholic. I'm not a practicing Catholic right now, but um, we did it in the Catholic Church. And there was one couple that I forgot what the topic was, but they got into a big heated discussion right there in the class and they walked out and they never came back. Um, I don't know what happened to them. I hope they worked through it. But my second hope is they found a, a big enough gap that they didn't get married and it better to find that out before than than muddling through that through five plus years of marriage where you're just where you're just not aligned and you're miserable. You just
1: coexist. Like you mentioned, I see that so many times people are just coexisting because they didn't have those tough challenging conversations at the very beginning. So yeah, that's super powerful. And yeah, glad you shared that as well. So as we start to come to a conclusion for this discussion, and I knew this was going to be a lot of fun and I've got so many other questions I want to kind of dive into, but I know at some point we need to start bringing it home, but is there anything else, anything on your heart that you would like to share with the listeners? Uh, Anything that you're dealing with, even uh, with your children or anything that in your close proximity that you just feel would be powerful for people to listen to today um no i mean with
0: my children and with uh, the 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 groups of men that i'm dealing with i i do i just see a lot of anxiety and i call it social media anxiety and again just this uh fomo you know fear of missing out i see a lot of that i see a lot of pressures that i know i didn't have as a young man um you know My my heart goes out to that. And uh, and again, that's where I think personal one-on-one connection. Brene Brown talks about it. And and I point to her in my book all the time. And just that vulnerability equals courage, right? I mean, you can, and, and, and she brings that all the way up into, you know, corporate military, you know, leadership, like, you know, leaders need to be vulnerable and they need to say, they don't have it all figured out. They need to have that confidence. And once they do that, I mean, Randy, I'm guessing you're like me. Whenever you've sat down and you know, and I say, "Hey, I grew up in a home with domestic violence and alcoholism," you know, I get the "me too" all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, man, I'm I'm glad you shared that because I grew up in something that was tough too, right? And it makes me feel better now that I can talk to somebody about it a little bit. And when we can articulate it and we can put words to it. We can take power over it, right? Uh, just by just, instead of it just swimming around in your head, playing over and over the same kind of negative things. Uh, so that'd be the last thing I'd say to to anybody uh, that 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 is feeling anxiety and pressure. And I'm I'm talking to twenty somethings in general, but uh, it's okay. Find those find those people that you can talk to about it because I think that'll give you a great deal of relief. I mean too many suicides going on right now for young people. It just crushes my heart to hear those things. Uh, They're not alone. They are loved. They are valuable. They were made for a purpose. You know, those are the things that I would speak into those lives uh, of, of, of the young folks.
1: Love it. Love it. So if there are 20 somethings, or even as we, we talked about, you mentioned you're 56, I'm almost 50 myself. Right. So just general men in general, right. That were. We're finding and realizing that, yeah, Jay is somebody that I need to get in my corner. I need to get more around folks like Jay uh, in his My Virtual Dad type of experiences. What are the best places? We talked about the book several times. I'll have a, a link in the show notes, folks, to for you to go grab a book uh, to support Jay and, and the mission that he's on, uh, supporting young men. Uh, what are the best places for people to get in contact with you, Jay? How can they get to know yeah, you better? Easiest
0: ones, uh, beaheroinyourhome.com. Uh, is the easiest and you can send me a direct note uh, j at my so that's that's a trick don't do the dot .com. j at my dot and um, yeah that's uh, that's the email I respond to and happy to take any questions or if anybody's bold enough say they want to have a, a cup of coffee virtual cup of coffee we can do that too I'll take you I'll I'll uh, offer that
1: that would be folks take him up on that. As I mentioned at the very beginning of this message, I, it was just a quick uh, uh, tag, meaning that Justin kind of reached out to, to Jay and Jay quickly responded and we quickly jumped on a call prior to this. And my point being is that he's very responsive and he means that wholeheartedly that he will be there to support you in any way that he possibly can. Uh, look Jay up uh, on, on the internet, right? Go to the beaheroinyourhome.com. Uh, go find the book, go find the programs that he has involved Uh, If you're feeling any type of anxiety, uh, depression, uh, anything like that, if you're a young man and you're not certain on which directions to go, I think Jay is going to be a tremendous resource you moving forward i wish i had it back in the day i sure do it's been a lot of trail and error of my own and i i'm seeking and i'm trying to that's where your, your story resonates with me because i'm trying to give back as much as i possibly can too with what i've learned even though i don't have all the answers as well i try to definitely give back so jay i really appreciate your time today this has been a super powerful uh conversation uh hopefully maybe you'll have a chance to maybe jump uh, back on here with me again i'm sure we can go into so many more different uh, to do it. Sure. i'll that's be fantastic. here fantastic That's great. So folks, go out there, support Jay. Find Be a Hero in Your Home, uh, the book, The Ultimate Playbook for Men to Succeed at Home, Work, and Life. You can find that on Amazon and uh, reach out to Jay. Get connected with him on wherever platform you are uh, most active on and uh, look forward to this episode launching. This will be super powerful and I know it's gonna resonate with a lot of people just like it did when I first met Jay the first time. So folks, go out there, have a fantastic day. I look forward to bringing you another guest here very soon until the next episode, bye now. Thank you for joining me on the Rich Mind Podcast. I hope you found a ton of value in this episode. If so, I'd really appreciate a five-star review, and you can also share it with your family and friends. And as my mentor, Jim Roden, shared with me, in order to have more, you must first become more. And in order to become more, you must work harder on yourself than you do on your job. So go out there today and work harder on yourself to become more and build the life of your dreams. Until next time, my friends.